This program has been made by the friends and partners of Jennifer LeClaire Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's teaching. I want to be around people that are on fire for God. I want to be around people that make me feel like I'm lukewarm. I want to be around people who are so on fire that they pull me higher. Lord, deliver us from the lukewarm spirit. Deliver us, God. We don't want to be cold. We don't want to be lukewarm. We want to burn for you, God. In the name of Jesus, with everything in us, we want to be the burning, shining lamp like John the Baptist, God. Oh, God, set us on fire again. Let the baptism of fire fall in the place in Jesus name how many of you have ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth most of you he was a great man he raised like 14 people from the dead can you imagine Maybe more, but those were the ones that were verified. Mind-blowing. He said that he never spent more than 30 minutes at a time in prayer, but he never went 30 minutes at a time without praying. Can you imagine? That's how you live in the Spirit. Amen. And it's not about praying long hours. He didn't pray long hours in prayer. He, didn't, he, didn't, he never spent more than 30 minutes, but he never went 30 minutes without praying. And prayer is just talking to God. And Smith Wigglesworth, he was one of the biggest influences on the life of Lester Sumrall. Have you ever heard of Lester, Lester Sumrall? He was one of the most colorful preachers of the 20th century. He went home to be with the Lord some years ago. But this man left a legacy. He had a TV network called Harvest. It's called something else now. They're trying to get me to go on TV on that network as well. I've been on shows on that network. He, he wrote 130 books. I know. I've only got 50. I've got some work to do. I say, what? He wrote 130 books? Whoa. He, he fed the homeless. He traveled the nations. I mean, he left such a legacy. I actually know one of his sons, Frank Summerall. He's a friend of mine. And, you know, but the thing is, is that, you know, he had to learn something. And I love, he said one of the greatest differences was Smith Wigglesworth. He learned, he learned so many things. I want to read you something that he wrote about the impact, the impartation. How many believe in impartations? Amen. Listen, he said this. He said he learned so much about living in the spirit. He said, I asked Smith Wigglesworth, Wigglesworth, I've seen you dozens of times. You always look the same. Why? And he said, Summerall, I never ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell him. Come on. This was Smith Wigglesworth talking to Smith Wigglesworth. He said it was a spirit talking to a soul. Hmm, let that sink in. His spirit within him was talking to his mind, his emotions, and his willpower, telling his mind what to think, his emotions how to feel, and his will what to decide. His spirit was the king of his life, motivated by faith. For if a man ever walked with God, Smith Wigglesworth was that man. That's incredible. I mean, is it just me or do you hear stories like this and think, I really want to live that way? I mean, is it just me or just stories like that? Be like, whoa, listen, if it was possible for Smith Wigglesworth, it's possible for you. He didn't have some kind of different Holy Ghost than the one you have. He just understood the truth that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He understood the truth that he is a spirit. Somebody say, I'm a spirit. spirit. 
See, we think we're souls or we think we're body. We can see your body. You can't see your spirit, but you are a spirit and your spirit is supposed to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit within you. You are not supposed to be subject to what goes on in your head. The enemy battles your mind. You are not supposed to be subject to what your flesh wants. That stinking, nasty, rotting flesh. You are supposed to crucify it. Somebody tell your neighbor, crucify it. You got to crucify it. He sowed to the spirit. And as believers, we have one of two fields we sow in. There's only two choices. We can sow to the flesh or we can sow to the spirit. That's the two choices. Take your pick. Galatians 6 says, God shall not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. And the thing about the law of the harvest is you will reap more than what you sowed. So those little sins, mmm. Those little foxes, mmm. You will sow, you will reap more than you sow. And the wages of sin is death. And some of us are a product of the last season of bad decisions that we made because of the temptations of our flesh, because of our unrenewed mind. But we today, 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 we are going to begin to sow to the spirit at another level. Amen. We are going to begin to pursue his heart. We are not going to let the enemy mess with our mind. We are not going to fall for them in temptations anymore. We are not going to be carnal Christians. Last week, I began to speak to you about carnal Christians. We're going to wrap that up, but then we're going to go deeper because I want to teach you how to sow to the Spirit. And I want to show you what really happens when you make that decision. Listen, we all struggle with things. We all go through seasons of testing and trial. We all fall down sometimes. But when I look at you, I see righteous people. Amen. I see the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And my Bible says the righteous fall down seven times, but they get back up again. So if you've been falling down that's all right honey just get back up don't stay down there in the way of sin rise up and sow to the spirit amen whatever you reap you're gonna sow the NLT says those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature but those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life Remember, Billy Graham said this. We talked about this last week. He said this, carnal Christians are people who continually grieve the spirit by their temper, touchiness, irritability, prayerlessness, or love of self. These are signs of carnality, of spiritual babyhood. These people are living a worldly life. This is why, well, I'll tell you why. Because people don't teach these things. People don't want to live. So many Christians, they just want to hear how to be happier by Saturday. They just want to hear five ways to get rich. They just want to hear six ways to get healed. But the reality is, if you would sow to the Spirit, all of these other things would be taken care of. There is one way. His name is Jesus. Jesus, and he's given you the Holy Ghost to pray for you, to comfort you, to do whatever you, he's in you. We have to sow into that relationship. Any relationship that you value, you sow into. If you don't sow into your marriage, this is what happened. It's going to fall apart. If you don't sow into your friendships, this is what, they're going to dry up. We don't want to be carnal. Let's wrap this, this little part up here. Carnal Christianity leads to evil works. Galatians 5.17. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just 
the opposite of what the Spirit wants. (laughs) And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. There's a war within you. The spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit. We have to depend on the delivering power of the Lord Jesus Christ to get us out of this mess. Carnal Christianity doesn't want what God wants. Doesn't want what God wants. The carnal Christian doesn't care too much about what God wants. They want what they want when they want it, how they want it. Romans 8, 7, for the sinful nature is always hostile toward God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why it has to be crucified. That's why. Carnal Christianity grieves the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, verse 8, that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So you can, you can be saved, you can go right up to heaven. You can have dinner with Paul the Apostle when you get there. That doesn't mean that God is pleased with how you're living. Just because we're saved doesn't mean we have a ticket to sin. When we're saved, we should have a reason not to want to sin. Yes. Amen. Now let's transition into this next aspect of what I want to teach you. Well, let me just go back through this real quick. The signs of the flesh, the, the, the signs of carnal Christians... Now, I need you to be honest with yourself. And if any of this applies to you, what I want you to do is don't be condemned. I want you to be convicted, and I want you to repent. Can we say the R word on the church? Can we say the R word on TV? I don't know. They might bleep this out. They might bleep this out. Distrust of God. If you're a carnal Christian, you have distrust of God. Selfish. Manipulative. Fearful. Lustful. Controlling. Ooh, somebody just manifested. (laughs) I heard it. Victim mentality. That's carnal. Anger. Hypocritical behavior. Hearers of the word but not doers. Judgmental. Prideful. Legalistic. Unrepenting. Excessive desire for earthly things. I was riding from Whole Foods yesterday. Y'all gonna love this. I was riding from Whole Foods, driving my car. I like my car. I do. I barely ever get cars I like. I like this. I'm driving on the road, and this dude is on, on a $50, $50 moped with his other dude, with his other dude. And this raggedy taggedy, his clothes all torn, and he looks like a mess. Just a mess. I'm praying for my catenable, save his soul, Jesus. And I looked, and homeboy around his arm has a Gucci bag. I got a picture. No, 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 no. I'm going to post it on my social media because you got to see it. Because I know you. if I could put it on the big screen, I would. He's got a Gucci bag. He's part of the Gucci. He, he needed to put it on because he looked like ragtag. But I'm telling you, we can't think more about the ways of the world, what the world is impressed by. Listen, I don't care if you're impressed with me. I don't care. I wouldn't have gotten this far if I was worried about what you thought. You know why most preachers or most Christians don't do what God tells them to do, don't fulfill their dreams? Because they're too worried about what everybody else has to say about them, their opinions. I don't care what you think. 
I don't care. It don't matter. I want you to like me. If you don't, that's all right. Why? Because I live to please God. I don't live to please you. Paul the apostle said, if I was living to please man, I wouldn't be so persecuted. If I was living to make people happy, people wouldn't mess with me so much. But no, 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 no. I'm living to please the Lord Jesus Christ. I am his bond servant. Amen. We don't want to be carnal. This world is not our home. There's only a few years we're here in the light of eternity. Jealousy, envy, impatience, lovers of pleasure, love of human praise and recognition, any type of lust, dishonesty, stinginess. I'm sure you can add to that list. Moses told the Israelites this. He said, I set before you life and death. And then he gave them the answer. Choose life. And they still didn't do it. Are you living in the Spirit? Living in the Spirit is more than moving in signs, wonders, and miracles. Living in the Spirit is being empowered by the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is receiving guidance from the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is keeping in step with the Spirit, and so much more. So how do you live in the Spirit? In my new series, I'll teach you how to live a life that attracts the presence of God, positions you for promotion, brings breakthrough blessings, and so much more. Check out my new series, Living in the Spirit, at schoolofthespirit.tv. Watch online at schoolofthespirit.tv slash living. Hey guys, did you know I'm in South Florida at Awakening House of Prayer every Sunday, preaching, praying, prophesying, and casting out devils? Our heart is to equip you to live a supernatural breakthrough lifestyle. You'll discover that Christ is exalted and the Holy Spirit moves in every single service. Now you've got two different opportunities to encounter God and his word through prophetic worship and relevant messages every week. Give me a year of your life. Apply the word that I teach and watch what God does. Two services, 1047 a.m., that's a practical teaching with a prophetic edge. 1.30 p.m., that is School of the Spirit at Ahop, or going into the deep things of God. Most weeks, we've got a 4 p.m., straight up teaching, no worship on that 4 p.m. service, but we're going deep, equipping our community for works of service, signs, wonders, miracles, prophesying, casting out devils. Listen, we're looking to raise up an army in our region. And if you're not in the region, jump on over to ahop.online. You'll find our morning service streaming over there. Become a web church member. Go deeper. ahop.online slash web church. We'll see you there. So how do we choose the spirit over the flesh? We can choose to sow to the spirit by spinning, by by. We, we choose, we, here's the thing, we choose to, we, we sow to the flesh when we spend all this time watching trashy TV, when we read stuff, we ain't got no business reading, amen, I can't do it, man, I got to, if I see something on, uh, on TV, if I'm watching something that's rated PG, and something's still nasty on there, and I see something starting, oh, no, 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 and I close my eyes, and I fast forward, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I do not want to defile my eyes. I don't want that in here. What you put in is going to come out. I said, what you put in is going to come out. Come on, let me go stomp on your foot and see what comes out your mouth. That's what's in you. Amen. Some people, they stub their toe and boy, I, I thought you were saved. 
When I stubbed my toe, I was in Iceland. Man, it is dark in Iceland most of the time. It's dark and it's cold. I said, God, God forsook this place. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. And I get up in the, it, it, like in the, the time to get up in the morning. And I get up and it's still dark. I can't tell if it's light or dark, but my body knew what time it was. And I get up and I, I go over there and brush my teeth. And sure enough, I bust, I broke my toe. Bam. And I'm like, oh, hey, ah. I think I went into travail. Amen. What you put in is going to come out. You're watching TV with all the F-bombs in it. You ever see that preacher on YouTube? He's on TV somewhere, and he, I don't know, but he dropped an F-bomb right in the middle of his sermon. I said, Lord Jesus Christ, oh, help me, Lord. I said, oh, Jesus, because I wasn't always saved, and I didn't have the best mouth. So, Lord, get all that out of me, you know. Deliverance is a continual process. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. He dropped an F-bomb right in the middle. They're going to edit me off TV. I got to be careful. Ha ha. No, they won't either. I, I, I get to say whatever I want. <laughs> you sow to the Spirit by pursuing God with everything in you. You sow to the Spirit by setting aside the worthless things, the childish things. There's a difference between childlike faith and childlike thinking. I want to be around people that are on fire for God. I want to be around people that make me feel like I'm lukewarm. I want to be around people who are so on fire that they pull me higher. Lord, deliver us from the lukewarm spirit. Deliver us, God. We don't want to be cold. We don't want to be lukewarm. We want to burn for you, God, in the name of Jesus with everything in us. We want to be the burning, shining lamp like John the Baptist, God. Oh, God, set us on fire again. Let the baptism of fire fall in this place in Jesus' name. I'm telling you the truth. It's not worth it. Whatever pleasures the world has to offer, it's not worth it. It's a fleeting pleasure. Then you feel guilty anyway. And if you don't, yeah, I I wonder if you saved. If you don't, it's called conviction. We need, to, we need to be decreasing in the flesh. So what does it mean to sow to the Spirit? It means more than going to church on Sundays. Amen? That's a good start. It's a good, I'm glad you're here. Keep coming. But getting on fire for God or sowing to the Spirit goes beyond being here in church on Sunday. You should be glad you're not in a dead, dumb church. You should be glad that you're sitting under a pastor who's on fire for God. You should be glad you're sitting under a worship team that's consecrated to the Holy Ghost. You should be glad you're sitting next to a neighbor that lifts up their hands and cries out to Jesus. You should be glad that you're in a community that has fire because that helps you. You become like the 10 people you hang around the most. Actually, it's the first five. You become like the five people you hang around the most. I don't want to hang around no lily-livered, you know, mm, lukewarm, you know, mamsy-pamsy Christians. I want to hang around people that got some grit, amen, that know how to fight, amen. So how do you sow to the Spirit specifically? Don't focus on the flesh, focus on God. So many Christians fall to the flesh because they're focusing on what they should have done that they didn't or what they did that they shouldn't have done. Well, I should have resisted that temptation. 
I should have woken up early in the morning. I should have kept my mouth shut. I should have done this and I should have done that. And then you should all over yourself. Stop focusing on what you should have done and start focusing on the one who delivered you from sin. Amen. Listen, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. My God has brought me from a mighty long way. Amen. He doesn't expect perfection out of you. He is perfecting you little by little from glory to glory, but we must cooperate with the process. Amen. So stop focusing on everything you did wrong because that's not going to get you anywhere. You know, they train NASCAR drivers, when they're starting to crash into the wall, they're spinning out of control. They say, don't look at the wall. Look over here. Look in the direction away from the wall because in your whole body, it will go this way. But if you stare at the wall, you will focus, you will crash into the wall. You always move toward what you're focusing on. So don't focus on your flesh. Don't focus on your sin. Just repent. Don't focus on the past. Focus on God. Amen. Focus on God. That is the way. You want to sow to the spirit, then you want to read the word every day. Somebody say every day. Read the word every day. That is what renews your mind. That is what exposes you to the truth that sets you free. That is what gives you revelation. I mean, I can't read the word of God without just tapping into so much revelation. It's almost overwhelming. Why? Because I ask him, Lord, open my heart to your word. I want to learn from your spirit. Holy Spirit, open the scriptures to me. I want to go deeper. I don't want to read the same verse for 15 years and never learn one more thing that I learned 15 years ago. I want to go deeper into the word. And sure enough, he opens the word up to me and I learn and I grow and my mind is renewed. And I feel so much happens when we're in the word. You know, the Holy Spirit authored the word. If you want a fellowship with him and be in relationship with him, you got to read the words he wrote. These are love letters to you. Want to read the word every day. And don't listen. So if you've gotten in a habit or in a season where you haven't been reading the word every day, don't condemn yourself. Even if you can just read for five minutes, sow what you can. God will multiply your time. I know we all go through seasons where it's difficult to maintain anything, right? But it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a truth that sets you free. Spend time in prayer Every day. Someone say every day. day. Smith Wigglesworth, he never went 30 minutes without praying. I haven't gotten there yet. But I do walk around my house. I get in my car. That counts. How do you know? One minute of prayer multiplied. Like let's say every minute you just prayed one minute an hour. Well, that's 24 minutes a day. That's how many hours a week. That's how many. We make this all religious. Well, I don't have an hour to pray. And Jesus said, can't you pray with me one hour? And since I can't pray an hour, I guess I can't pray an hour. So I'm going to go pray. No, that's the wrong attitude. Give God what you can. He'll take whatever you can give him. And he'll grow you. He'll expand your spiritual capacity. As you sow to the spirit, you'll suddenly find that you'll be in the word for hours. As you begin to sow to the spirit, God expands your spiritual capacity. And you'll find that prayer is like oxygen. It's like breathing. You begin to love it. It becomes second nature. You don't have to think about it. It's automatos. It just happens. 
See, the farmer doesn't have to think about how the corn's going to come up. The farmer doesn't think about how that apple tree, it, 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 no, here's the thing, you plant the seed, amen, and then it sprouts, it springs forth. We don't have to know how it happens. That's the same way when you sow to the Spirit. I don't know how it happens. But I am calling you to stand, nevertheless, in the gap, to make up the hedge, because the enemy is raging in Latin America, but my Holy Spirit is brewing there. I am wanting to see souls saved, bodies healed. I am wanting to pour out my spirit in an unprecedented way. I am wanting to see righteous leaders reign in those nations, says the Lord. But you must agree with my heart, my spirit, with my son. You must come into agreement with my plans with more than a nod of your head says the Lord I don't need you just to agree with your mind I need you to agree with your words I need you to legislate in the spirit with your prayer says the Lord to partner with my son to see his will come to pass I have given him the nations of Latin America as an inheritance but I have called you to push to press to fight to go into the realms of the spirit and to deal with the principalities and the power says the Lord so rise now says the Lord and begin to pray without ceasing you have a responsibility but the Lord says you have an authority and you can trample on the serpents and the snakes you can trample on the demons and the the the, the principalities and even the powers and the spiritual wickedness it's all under your feet says the Lord so do not be afraid to engage with the enemy but stand and withstand for the nation that I've called you out of stand and withstand for the nation of your heritage says the lord jesus at jennifer leclair ministries our heart is to sow into the lives of people who may never otherwise hear the gospel of christ or break out of bondage Although we've traveled to dozens of nations in strategic missions to evangelize and equip believers, there's more work to do than we can possibly get done by ourselves. That's why JLM is partnering with ministries around the world to help them do what they do best. We're partnering with ministries in India that are transforming the lives of people with leprosy. Ministries in Africa that are bringing clean water to the masses. Global ministries taking the hope of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Messiah-centered ministries in Israel that are doing the work of Christ in the Middle East. Ministries that provide a hand of hope to hurting people in America's inner cities and the nations. When you sow into JLM, you are sowing into the work of God in the nations. Together, we're better. Will you partner with us to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to feed hungry people, to bring hope to the addicted, and more? You can sow a seed today at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. Thank you for your partnership. In 2007, the Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night and told me he would bring a third great awakening to the nation. 
I believe we're going to see the greatest great awakening in the history of the world, and it will spill over into the nations of the earth for the glory of God. I believe we'll see a movement greater than all previous moves that God put together, and I know it's predicated on prayer. The Awakening Prayer Hub's mission in any city is to draw a diverse group of intercessors who have one thing in common, to contend for the Lord's will in its city, state, and nation. Bishop Bill Hammond, Lou Engel, Cindy Jacobs, Mike Bickle, James Gall, Alveda King, and many others are standing with us. Will you start a hub or find a hub in your city at awakeningprayerhubs.com?